BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Freedom is a feeling, and the best way to truly feel free is behind the wheel of a Jeep SUV. Find out what true freedom feels like at Jeep Freedom Days. And right now, get 0% APR financing, plus $1,500 total bonus cash on 2022 Jeep Grand Cherokee WK models. Don't miss this great offer. Hurry to the Jeep Freedom Days event today. Financing for all qualified buyers to Presser Capital. Not all buyers will qualify. Residency restrictions apply. Offer ends 531.22. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. <laughs> all right, wait, 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 wait. Chris, how do you get silence from a black barbershop? One word answers and close your eyes. And they, they, they respect the eyes closed as you don't want to engage? Yeah. Believe oh. it or not, yeah. Especially if there's other people that they can engage with in the shop. Not only bad part is every 30 seconds they stop to say something and engage with somebody else. It's like, God damn it, I'm here to cut my hair. There's a reason I came here at 845 in the goddamn morning. And it wasn't to sit here all day with you yahoos. But, yeah, it works. And, and you know, and, and strip club rules work out well also. Don't make direct eye contact with anybody. That works for strip clubs. That works for mall kiosks and uh, carnival games. Don't make I, direct eye contact. I'm glad you were clear on stripper rules and not hooker rules, because don't kiss on the mouth just brings up a whole different thing. So I'm glad we're on stripper rules. <laughs> <laughs> Should I put him on the spot? Talk Max, about. do you have anything to add to that? <laughs> to stripper rules? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything is negotiable. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, True. Don't, that is true. Don't let them tell you otherwise. Yeah. Don't let um, them tell you otherwise. If you um, are, you're a mark. On that note, <laughs> let's let's start the show.
Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Pod is War. Pod is War is brought to you by the good folks at Chairshot Radio Network in conjunction with thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And use your heads, you shall. We ask of you, we implore of you, please and thank you, thank you, and please by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and pick up an official chair shot t shirt. If you enjoy the content we provide day in and day out at thechairshot.com, the best way to can make sure and ensure that we continue to provide you this fire ass content is by going to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. We've got something for everybody. We've got save tag team wrestling, hashtag journalism. We've got G's did the job and many many other cool designs again make sure you guys go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot please and thank you thank you and please folks y'all know what it is i'm mr velvet pipes christopher platt as always i'm joined by mr andrew belaz unmute your mic now drew say something it is, it is unmuted you know i you yell when we step all over your shit and then i mute it to give you proper space to you know work your magic and now you've got to just be a dick about it i mean you're informed, so I'll give you credit there. Don't act like you just this magnanimous melon farmer just because we got I company am. in the house today, all right? Magnanimous you melon just... farmer should be, like, the name that I put on the back of the jersey right there. It's it's a little wordy. It's a little bit of a mouthful, though. And Eminem, I guess, is already taken by other white people, so I'll work on it. Yeah, you showing out for company. But anywho, before we get to said company, I do also have to introduce the commissioner himself, Mr. PC Tunney. Nope, get to the company. All right, fair enough, man. Yes. We saved the best for last, ladies and gentlemen. He is a friend of the chair shot. He is a friend of Potter's War, occasional co-host, one half of the tag team known as Whiskey Bent and Hellbound, which sounds like a hell of a night. Indie wrestler extraordinaire, podcaster himself, everybody, put your hands together and show your love for the one, the only, Max Holiday. Max, what's going on with you, brother? Man. I, I why am I just now hearing about this Jesus did the job T-shirt? <laughs> Funny story about that. <laughs> and his dad was the promoter. Yeah, oh. that's the other. Yes, yes. That was the off-the-cuff line I had a few years ago on the Chair Shot Radio. I don't even remember what we were talking about. I think we were talking about wrestlers that didn't want to do good business, and I brought up the fact because this was around Christmas time, and I, I brought up the fact. Jesus did the job, and his dad's the promoter, so nobody else ain't, you ain't got a leg to stand on. What the fuck? Oh, that's amazing. Is that on the t-shirt, too? And his dad's the promoter? Yes, oh, sir. Amazing. I'm going to buy one. That, you guys sold me on that. That's awesome. ProWrestlingDs.com <laughs> forward slash the chair shot. Nice, nice. Hey, Max, man, how, how you been keeping yourself busy during this quarantine, man? Uh, I've been keeping to myself. <laughs> I... Uh, between between actual like you know going and and working for somebody else and and playing Call of Duty on my on my phone, that's been my life. Work home and Call of Duty mobile. Before we before we start the show and get into a few topics and everybody on this on this show today, so the other gentlemen are aware. Max knows what's going on. He's he's up to date. I got him up to date on the rundown here. So we'll get to that in a minute. But I have to follow up on something that happened before quarantine. And I was enthralled by uh, a little video you put out on Twitter in which someone had been even talking bad about you or some other thing, and you found out where that person worked. And you made an appointment, <laughs> or at least this is a promo, and you got me good because let me tell you, 
Double S, who you've seen at the show, is not DP, but the other taller dude. Yeah, Me yeah, and him yeah. are at work, and I'm showing him this. I'm like, dude, you got to come over here and see this. Come here. We got to go in the office, by the way. And he's <laughs> like, he just, he just pops so hard. And then he comes back the next day, and he goes, yeah, I went home, and I showed my wife, and she laughed harder than we did. <laughs> So can you can you please tell everybody can you can you go through the whole story here real quick for me and kind of give a little bit of the promo and then tell me what happened afterwards? You know, to tell you the, to tell you the truth, it was all work. I don't really fucking oh, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? I know exactly what you're talking about. Where she was like, uh, she worked in a uh, what the fuck did she do? She a salon or something? She yeah, like, yeah, she yeah. Waxed my balls or some shit. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah. All right, so he, he comes on and he goes, apparently someone's been being mean to me on social media or something, and I found out where she worked. So I went ahead and called up and specifically asked for her. So this Monday, I have an appointment with her to wax my balls. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah, now I remember. So head on over to holiday at holiday special on the Twitter and all forms of social media, I believe, right at holiday special, and yeah, you're gonna you're gonna find great stuff like that. I mean, shit, you had me going, and all these people I had that that I know, and it was perfect. It was a great promo. So okay, so you you brought that up. So yeah, TikTok. That's what that was. That that's also been keeping my interest through the quarantine, and uh, that's what I put out. Was I put out one of those TikToks? <laughs> it's hilarious that you fucking bought on it. Uh, it tells me I'm doing a good fucking job, so thank you very much. <laughs> it was excellent. I'm gonna I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna go retweet it and put the video back out there for everybody tomorrow. So then they you know I'll attach it to the show and everything. But I just hey, I just hey, had to follow up on that. Go ahead, Platt. Hey, hey, Max, man. To, to paraphrase Conan, man, don't let a silly thing such as the truth get in the way of a good story. So as far as we concerned, that chick waxed your balls, and uh, actually, actually, yeah, no, uh, she did. She waxed them two hands. It was it was pleasurable. Well, I know <laughs> now. See, now you're not selling it, man, because you know good was, goddamn well there's nothing pleasurable about getting a ball wax. You know, actually, it is. I close and let her do her thing. Oh <laughs> man! It's oh, there def- we go. wow. Time to start the show. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. A very unfortunate and somber topic to start the show today. But before we do that, and before I kick it over to Andrew to kind of tell the story of what happened, I think he's a little bit more familiar with it and a little bit more familiar with uh, a very young, talented female wrestler who has passed away. Uh, I I just, I I played the music of uh, a group she was in called the Tokyo Cyber Squad, and I had never heard her music before today and I was going to play it to start the segment I'm going to play it now Andrew and I talked about this before the show and said let's go with the other one because it is really weird and eerie 
considering the circumstances in which she left us, that this is this was this was her entrance theme. Retrospect, it's kind of messed up. Plus, the name of the theme doesn't help much either. Internet friends. The, yeah, internet friends. Yep. So that that was kind of the gimmick of the group, though, where they were supposed to be three of the the cooler girls, and they came up with this cyber techno kind of gimmick. And each of them had weapons. Hannah had a a katana. Kiona had guns. And I think that that was just the it was cool. It was an interesting kind of techno cyber kind of gimmick. And yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting that the, the, the theme song lines up like that. I didn't even think about it till you played it. And then I'm like, Oh yeah, that, yeah. Hmm. Okay. So yeah. So, I mean, that's a legit that, shoot. The, yeah. Before, I'm sorry. Before you get going no, here, go. that that's a legit shoot about literally about, I don't know, 20 minutes before NXT ended. I'm like, crap, I need that song. I need to know a little entrance into this. And I listened to it to cut it and bring it in. And I literally texted Andrew right after I listened to it. Like, dude, I don't know if I can play this fucking song. And at least not yeah. without reference in the way we did it. So please tell this, this very sad story. So surprisingly now that I'm only going to preface it with the surprisingly is it wasn't the wrestling community that caused this like some people were trying to spin it it was her Hannah Kimura's appearance on Terrace House which is effectively the real, real world it's a reality tv show where they get a bunch of younger you know 20 somethings and put them in situations where they go on dates or have to get jobs or help around the house yada 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 long and short of the situation is that there was a member of the house who was very lazy, very selfish, very kind of a pain and didn't really help as much as others and rewashed her clothes without checking the washing machine and shrunk her wrestling attire. So she kind of flipped out on him and everybody else kind of had issues with him anyway. But because of her freak out, she started getting hate mail and death threats because she went from being a seeming like a sympathetic kind of person where she just kind of wanted to spread the joy of wrestling and increase increase visibility and she had one scene where she even brought the other Tokyo Cyber Squad members onto the show when they had dinner and she was talking about how 
Japanese girls can't even talk about this with guys because guys don't find that attractive. They want girly girls because Jap- Japan is very traditionally mindsetted, so the man has to be the masculine you know, role in the relationship. And if you fight for your living, you're seen as too strong. So she went from being very vulnerable and sympathetic to that demonized her. And it was mostly the Japanese fans of Terrace House that just needled her and berated her and caused her to take the eventual step that was suicide. And it's, it's rough. Um, I know in the last couple of days, Japan has apparently decided that they're going to look further into it to actually make it a like federal kind of offense for cyberbullying and kind of try to do something that way. Terrace House canceled the rest of the season because of that. And it, it seems like they're at least acknowledging what happened. And I, I, I don't think I need to set the stage too much because anybody with a Twitter or a Facebook or, or Internet access probably saw something over the last few days. So, um, Max, since you're in the business, and I know it's not like you were big fr- like friends with her or whatever, how did this affect like people you know? Or anything like that, because she apparently had a huge range of people she knew and affected, and there was so much love that poured out for a girl that was only 22 years old, and people still seemed to have an affection or a story or something like that. So, did you get any kind of, you know, stories or anybody you know just decided to talk about it, or how, how did that kind of hit you? No one I know specifically, at least to my knowledge, uh, knew her. Um, everyone of course knew of her, uh, and just like with anything, I mean, you know, a, a suicide is going to affect everybody in some kind of way. And it's really affected the wrestling community, uh, in a way that, uh, hasn't been seen in a while. And just listening to the story, I didn't know any of the details to what had happened. It's a very, very sad story. Um, especially, you know, for, for a girl that young. Uh, it's just, it's sad period. We you know when anyone loses their life, let alone takes their life for something, uh, like cyberbullying. Uh, it's just, it's disheartening very much. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely affected the wrestling community and you can see it all through, you know, Twitterverse and Instagram, Facebook, all of it, everyone's sharing, uh, thoughts and, and, uh, memories and, and all together. I mean, Platt, before you give your take on this, I, I completely agree with the sentiments that Max has and Andrew had. But I want to bring up, like, I, I want to, I don't want people to, you know, go ahead and think what you want to think. If, if you've got a problem with what I'm about to say, come on the show and we can have a discussion. At some point, you have to have the ability to turn that off, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's not... It's not, you have, I have to pick up my phone or turn on my computer, right, to go and look at it. And if it's getting that bad, sometimes you have to turn it off. Now, I'm not excusing anybody's actions, but I'm just saying, like, I, this is horrible. I feel horrible for her friends and family, but there has to be a part of you that knows that you got to, there's keyboard warriors out there, right? And hopefully it knocks some of those out. Well, you know, Tony, I'm glad you said what you said, brother, because it kind of leads me into where I wanted to go with this. Uh, Number one, you know, my condolences to the family and friends. And I mean, this young lady was 22 years old. She literally had her entire life ahead of her. 
But you know what you said. It, it you know I, I I want people to understand that she was clearly going through some things. Now you know this cyberbullying that that may have been the straw that broke the camel's back, but she clearly was not in a good space. And you know to I, I don't want to make this about me, but somebody that has been very open and honest about struggling with mental health issues, you know that shit is real, and. You know, it's unfortunate that this young lady, this again, this this might have been the straw, and it's unfortunate that it ended this way. But you know, we have this weird obsession when it comes to celebrity anyway. And you know, I, I say that as a stupid American, but everybody knows, man, the uh, you know, America sets kind of the table and the tone culturally for the rest of the world, and everybody else kind of follows suits. Mm-hmm. And you know, we spend so much time and, and energy and effort learning about these people and what they're doing and what they're like and who they're dating and who they're doing it with and whatnot. And, you know, it's this weird cycle where we build them up to then find out that they're not perfect and take them down just so we can build them right back up in the redemption story. And it's really just a really sick cycle. And with the advent and the, the forwarding of uh, social media, you literally have the opportunity to reach out and touch someone. So no matter how you feel about them, good, bad, right, or wrong, you can literally reach out to them and and have an interaction with these people that you really don't know. And you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what their what their past were, was about. You 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 just don't know. And you know, it, 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 and the fucked up thing about social media is is that there's no consequences and repercussions to your actions. You know what I mean? Like, for example, I can talk all the shit I want to about Max, but if I were to say it in his face, I run the risk of getting knocked the fuck out, and I probably would get knocked right. the fuck out. Right? Or you but just think, like, or you just talk shit now, and then when I go to the show on June twentieth, he's gonna knock me the fuck out. Sorry, I know you're going somewhere, but I just had to make sure, like, you know, hey, I'm not not associated does with everything he believes. Sorry, Black. Go ahead. Well, if that's the case, man, you you kind of opened Pandora's box there, Tony. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm screwed for the rest of the show. <laughs> Great. But but it, I better bring a lot you know of money. Yeah, but 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just no fear of repercussions, man. And people think that they can just say any old thing that they want to say to people. And I'm all for freedom of speech, but. They're also, you, you know, you're not free of freedom of consequences either, or at least you shouldn't be. And I think social media has kind of created that, uh, it kind of created that environment where a mellow farmer think they could just say anything to anybody and there is no fair repercussions. Yeah, I mean, that that's a fair point. But I also kind of bring up the point in time we're in where it's just a, it's a dangerous cocktail of everyone's bored, everyone's home. And that means everyone's got more time on their hands, which then means they got more time on their computer, more time on their phone, more time to harass somebody. And when you're a celebrity, half your job is being on the on the social media of some sort. So as tough as you kind of should just kind of be to ignore it or let it roll off, when you see it constantly, you can't really avoid it because you have to make your social media dates. Not everybody's Marshawn Lynch and can just say, you know, I'm just here so, you know, I don't get fined. So uh, I, I, I think it's just it was a bad combination of a lot of things. And from the one thing I was talking about before with when she had the other girls from Tokyo Cyber Squad on, you could tell she was self-conscious. And for as strong and pretty and whatever she portrayed herself as, you could tell she was just a 22-year-old girl that had her own issues and people didn't help. 
Um, Max, do you want to try to put a bow on this? And, and you and know, I, I, I agree with each and every one of your all statements on, on the situation. Uh, and I mean, again, we're taking and we're looking at something that's again, a different culture. We're taking our culture, comparing it and taking our experiences and basing our you know opinions and everything off of what we know. And again, things over there are different. We don't know what she was going through, and, and clearly she was going through some things. And like you said, this was the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, and devil's advocate at the end of the day, I mean, you still have to have a thick skin about it. But again, like you've said, it's in your face 24-7. So, it, kids, it just goes to show that uh, it's not all it's cracked up to be, to constantly be in the spotlight, to be that celebrity, to be that person, um, because it comes with a heavy burden. And as we've seen here, some people uh, just cannot carry that burden. Um, and, and as unfortunate as it is, uh, the world's going to go on. She will be remembered for what she's done. And hopefully we all will take and learn something from this. And consequences do come with everything. With every action, there is a reaction, no matter whether it's on social media or in person. Karma always catches up to you. And for those people that bullied her, I feel sorry for you. Because eventually something will happen and it will catch up to you. So let's take this as a lesson, kids. Just know consequences. There is a reaction or an action. For every action, there is a reaction. That's my red bow. Well said. Uh, on behalf that was of, awesome, Max. On behalf of everyone on this show today and everybody over at the Chair Shot, our thoughts and prayers are with the friends and family of Hanakamura and R.I.P. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey, folks, before we move on, just a little bit here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head on over to AngryLemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog and products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. gentlemen we're coming off the heels of an aew you notice how i used and there with the a in the e aew you know proper grammar grammatically correct Good grammar job. police um yeah i went through all that bullshit to forget what i was talking about <laughs> double or nothing because it wasn't no. that great and that's how we do a transition folks i mean andrew i missed half of this the first half because i couldn't get um going right away <laughs> i got a uh, good uh, check swing there by pc tunny but then eventually uh later as the evening progressed a buddy of mine from down the road stopped in we were drinking in the garage watching it on the laptop one of the best wrestling experiences ever but the show my opinion didn't love it i don't know how you guys felt about it mike tyson was there cody rhodes is your new tnt champion yeah 
I think there's bigger things that happen tonight that we'll get to uh, in the next topic. Well, yeah, so the irony of this situation is, and you, you guys know, I, I talk about it on every show that I'm on, how typically I will watch these shows through nefarious means. This is my own yeah, you, makeshift. You club. bought this one. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. bought Buddy. Yeah, <laughs> hey man, vodka is a hell of a drug, man. I was having a bad day after about five or six shots of vodka. I said, uh, "What the hell, man? It's fifty bucks. I got thirty days to figure out how I'm gonna pay for it." So fuck it, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's the rationale that went into it. Now, yeah, the are, undercard. Are the blood banks the... open? Are the blood banks open? Because you got plenty of time to get like three or four drawings. Are you kidding me, man? With my alcohol content, you think anybody would take my blood? Get out of here. Seriously? Well, much I mean, like, they might. Much like the younger brother on uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Looks like you're going to be selling oranges down by the freeway, my friend. <laughs> hey, man. I am a natural salesman. But uh, anyway. <laughs> but moving along. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, this show... To a point, was underwhelming. I thought it was uh, not the best use of Mike Tyson. All he did was take his shirt off and flex a little bit. Ah, <laughs> uh, what else did we have? I mean, the the matches just weren't there. Hey, it just did. Don't forget the dry snitching, because that's your line. I can't pull that off I, like you do. I forgot about that. Mike Tyson sure enough did dry snitch on uh, Lance Archer and Jake the Snake, did he? He sure did, no, man. Arn like Anderson, nobody said Arn anything. Anderson. I'll, here, no, he, I'll, Frank, Frank won't listen to this show. Frank won't listen to this show anyway, but Max will probably tell him that I said this and on the show now, but I'm going to say it anyway. So Frank was texting me wondering what was going on the whole time. And when I used your line that uh, Tyson dry snitched uh, uh, on Arn Anderson, he fucking popped. He's like, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, he did. That was just a bad use of Tyson, man. And I mean, yeah, the undercard was underwhelming. But I am, I do have to say, the stadium stampede, chef's kiss. It was outrageous. It was over the top. It was completely and utterly ridiculous. But it worked. It, it, it worked. And I, I see a lot of backlash on the internet. People were saying, well, how can you like this and didn't like Money in the Bank? Because this was better. It was just better. Uh, one thing that kind of shocked me is that there wasn't a lot of backlash when they were drowning Matt Hardy, considering, you know, the events of last <laughs> week. Nobody really said anything about that. I was kind of that. I, I, you know, and I haven't heard. He was putting right up the up. Hardy signs. It's cool. Don't worry about it. It's like a rejuvenation. <laughs> water. It's different. <laughs> no, There's a the, callback the there. I say that. No, the, no, I just say that because everybody was going cuckoo for Cocoa Puss because in the WrestleMania Randy Orton Edge match, everybody was mad because they used the weight bar and it was coming off the heels of the uh, He Who Should Not Be Named documentary. So I just thought that was interesting that there was no backlash. But oh, well, yo, that last match documentary was, was Owen. Owen didn't drown. It's fine. Don't worry about it. You can tell it's I'm been a, over 20 place. years for that one. I'm going to pass the mic, man, but I, I do want to say something that, you know, we're, you know, wrestling and just us in general, man, we're dealing with a lot of extenuating circumstances and a lot of situations that, shit, we don't know. None of us were around during the Black Plague in 1918, so we don't know how to deal with this, and we're just trying to make do. And the one thing that wrestling has been able to do is the exact same thing that we've been begging and pleading for them to do forever, which is to try some new shit. Some of it works. Some of it doesn't. Boneyard match, phenomenal. 
Money in the Bank, yeah. Stadium Stampede, I can't put it above the Boneyard. Firefly Funhouse, that's something totally different. I can't even put that in the same category. That's apples and orangutans. But as far as these <laughs> cinematic-type matches, I thought the Stadium Stampede, I thought it delivered. Yeah, that's your opinion. There you go. Um, there we go. There we go. Those smug balls that we missed. I not like Mug that joke much. Honestly, like, Jungle Boy MJF was solid, though they, they tried to do stuff I don't think either of them were comfortable with because there was that that world of sport kind of chain wrestling that neither one of them seemed very fluid in and looked awkward. Um, Cody was and Lance not, could have been better. Was there was there not enough Japanese wrestling on the card? Is that what it is? <laughs> <called? laughs> And I'm happy with that. She she even dressed up like Tifa Lockhart from Final Fantasy VII. So that's just checking off lots of Japanese nerdy boxes right there. So points to her. And she got her kendo stick back. So okay, fucking it. Okay. Yes, yes to no. Then I'm going to be quiet and let you talk. Yes uh-huh. or no. Have you ever masturbated to a, a video game character? No. I don't believe you, but keep well, it. Well, but it was, did, did they, had a family, they had a family guy uh, video game, right? Why, did he do it for you? Is that what you're getting at? Uh, he, a, he takes the earbud down and runs away. I love that. Like He's just avoiding the conversation. But, no, like, Cody and Lance, I felt like there was more meat on that bone and that kind of performed. The TNT belt looks like shit at the moment. Granted, it's unfinished or whatever, but it, it reminds me of, like, the McDonald's championship or just something you get out like, a store. Like, it's not good. You shouldn't have showed that on television. If it's not finished, just... Don't show it. Um, what the hell? Mox, Moxley, Brody Lee didn't do it for me. That was like every Dean Ambrose match ever. It just kind of happened. And I'm so like, why? Yeah. So why did um, Brody Lee blade and then 45 seconds later the match was over? That seemed like or a waste of blood. Brody Lee blade and then Moxley drops him on the bladed area of the head multiple times and he still kicks out, but he loses to some side rear naked choke thingy where he just passes out, which I guess pass out could be from blood loss, but it still looked kind of awkward. I don't know. Like that, that whole match just made no sense to me. And uh, I want to ask Max. I want to ask Max a question, and it's kind of related to Double or Nothing. I want your thoughts on Platt and Andrew's thoughts about Double or Nothing. <laughs> I was gonna pass it to him if you didn't walk away. I was like five seconds away from finishing with. I didn't hate this campaign, but I didn't think it was that good. And then I was going to let him talk, but fine. Fine. Take hey, out your earbuds he, he, and fantasize about Meg Griffin. And look at that. Exactly. How, how much do I give? How much do I give? You still got your shit in, and you got to bury me. Yeah, he he, he went off because he was thinking about Lois Griffin. It went from 6 you to 12. He had to go think Peter about baseball Apple right Apple. quick. And how, do you, how do you know it was Lois? How do you know it was Lois? Yeah. It wasn't Brian, okay? Fuck you. Red Rocket. I mean, the Jennifer Tilly character, I forgot her hey, name, but, you know, she's, right. you know. Max, Max, help us dig out of this. <laughs> I don't know if you got a shovel that big over there, buddy. Uh, yeah. So, so my, my, my thoughts on Double or Nothing, I, I didn't see the pay-per-view. I've only watched the highlights. Um, in my opinion, uh, any anything outside of what I say, I didn't see. Cody, Lance Archer, I can't say much about it. Uh, no big surprise there with Cody going over. Personally, I'd have much rather seen Archer go over. Uh, the belt looks like every indie belt out there that goes to get a <laughs> custom belt. 
Yeah. Uh, granted, it's not finished yet, but it looks like all these garbage-ass belts that people buy sheet metal and, like, take a Dremel to and a heavyweight champion on it. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. Um, the most I saw out of the Brody-Moxley match was the, the double-arm DDT through the ramp, which I thought was pretty cool. So you're telling me that wasn't the finish? Nope, it was not. Even yeah, though they had 68 people come out to unbury them or to make sure that they didn't die in a hole or something like that, that wasn't the finish. Well, it makes sense that that wasn't the finish because then Kenny Omega, like one wing angel, Sammy Guevara from the rafters through the... Through the crash pad? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's why that finish didn't happen. I can only imagine that in back as they're putting that together, like... Ambrose and Brody are like, so we got this finish where we're going to go through the stage. And Omega's like, nope, sorry, already doing it. Can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyone, that's been a, anyone that's been in a wrestling locker room should pop at that comment. Um, the Stampede match was pretty cool. Uh, again, you guys touched on how, you know, wrestling, everyone's kind of having to go out and do things that uh, have never been done in an experiment, which I like. Um, like for One, for instance, with this whole uh, closed off matches with no crowd. I love the fact that AEW right away took the boys that were not being used and put them in the crowd. Use mm-hmm. them as use them as audience because I it, that kind of still gives that feel. And WWE they finally, from my understanding, they they've taken from that from that league, right. and they're putting their people in there, which I think adds to it, helps give that little bit of element that is missing because this whole quarantine wrestling I'm not a fan of. The cinematic stuff, I love. I wish we would have done a long time ago. Thank you, Matt Hardy. I think that's that needs to be said. Uh, so all in all, uh, I'll I'll give you know I'll give it a three out of five stars. It, it it's kind of like one of those things where you know if you watch a boxing card, okay, you might not remember anything that happened on the undercard, but if Holyfield and Foreman delivered or whomever the case may be, you're going to walk away saying, okay, I got my money's worth out of it. And that's how I felt about the stadium stampede match. 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that that worked for you. Because my, my thing, I, there were things I liked about it. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a dick about it. I'm not saying it's the worst fucking thing you ever. You can't help yourself. I mean, hey, I can't help. I am just naturally a, a dick. Must be a circular street because here comes smug balls again. Hey, smug balls! <laughs> back at it again. <laughs> But no, there were things I liked, like the, the Alex Wright thing was kind of funny. And the fact that even Tony Schiavone kind of balanced, buried Alex Wright. And, you know, so, some of the interactions were neat. The the quiet man, Clint Eastwood kind of, you know, John Wayne moment in the bar. That was weird. I'd, Max. what What's the Alex Wright thing? Oh, after uh, Matt Jackson, Northern Lights suplexes. Sammy Guevara for literally a hundred yards from from end zone to end zone. He does Alex Wright dance, the the entrance dance that Alex Wright used to do, and then one of the refs throws a flag for uh, you, you know excessive celebration, personal foul. Then he super kicks a referee. There there were aspects. I, I think my problem is though is that I just liked other cinematic ones better, and this didn't match up. Where certain things were kind of interesting, other things I think they took too deep into campy, and there wasn't already like an established character from just me. And I also feel like they threw the ring in there as a dig at people who said the Boneyard match wasn't a wrestling match because there was no ring. Because <laughs> the 
like two minutes of in-ring action, and then literally it was everywhere else. It was in the rafters, at a bar, off of the fucking uh, goalpost, and all that other shit. So the ring was completely worthless. So I feel like that was like an inside joke. I, I like that theory. And I do want to say, though, from a worker standpoint, that had to be pretty amazing to be given a canvas like a stadium and be like, now do what you want. Right. That, that that's an awesome perspective that I don't have, and that that's why I always like when you show up to these. It's always interesting. I, I'm reminded of Aesop Mitchell telling me about his library match here in Milwaukee at one point. <laughs> Did he have to be quiet? <laughs> well, I, yeah, we can ask him next time I see him. Well, I thought you were. I wasn't sure if you were there. I wasn't. So. I know in the library. No. <laughs> So, Tony, do you have anything to add to that? Because I know you were kind yes. of lukewarm. So like I... what happened was is my buddy Mike Mann, one of the original DWI guys, ended up coming over to the garage, and we're out there, and we're watching the big screen, and we got the laptop with the wrestling, and we drank a lot, and he still had to drive home. So we, we Uber eats some food. We got seven burgers, two orders of chicken tenders, four orders of fries. It was 35 bucks. We gave the Uber driver a $10 tip. I mean, that's not bad, right? And that's a good tip. Yeah. We ate that's it all. That's a lot of food. Yeah, we ate it all. He's smaller than I am, and I'm six foot 185. <laughs> that's okay. a lot of food. Were they like that little burgers, or were they, they big burgers? I, George Webb, you've you been to Webb's? It's it's around here more. No, I I know these guys haven't. It's it's local. I mean, they're bigger, bigger, <laughs> bigger than a McDonald's cheeseburger. Let's put it that way. A McDonald's that, cheeseburger? I, bigger, I, I, bigger. I thought bigger. you were gonna say McDonald's or Burger King, so I'm glad you didn't. At least you're supporting local no. business. So yeah. at least they're not White Castle burgers. That would have been easy. That's a lot less impressive. So on this swerve, I want to go around the horn and I want to know what's the best thing you've ordered out since we've been in quarantine. Oh fuck! Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't it for me. I've gotten fish fry plenty of times. Ooh, it's the best baked cod from Sanders on the Park. Potato pancakes to die for. Applesauce, tartar, rye bread, coleslaw. Everything's coming with it. You can actually get old fashions mixed and ready to go when you pick up your order. Just don't drink them in the car. Well, only in Wisconsin can you do that, dude. You know <laughs> what you're talking about. You love this state. That's why you keep coming back. I've actually thought about relocating. <laughs> yeah, with this with this whole quarantine thing, it gives it gives options for working remotely. That's funny. I thought you were still in Wisconsin. I didn't I didn't realize you weren't based in Wisconsin. Where you out of? No, I'm actually in Illinois now. Oh, okay. What part? Uh, in the South Side, Orland Park, Mokina, Tinley Park. If you're familiar. Okay, so yeah, so close to Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Now, my lady's from Peoria. That's why I asked if you're familiar. Yeah, Peoria. Yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a ride, but yeah. Uh, yeah. We're, we're literally far south suburbs is where I'm at. Yes, I think she's about a, maybe three hours outside of Chicago. Have you been to the In and Out Burger in Chicago though? I know they put one there recently. Nope. Did they really? Yes, there's an In and Out Burger in, in Chicago now. Yes, sir. You got to you got to try it, man. Best burger, best fast food burger. Yeah. I mean, I, I have good burgers, I had a I had a Freddy's burger. Like a, it's like a like a steak and shake. Yeah. Like steak burgers. Oh man, oh, amazing. They got like this um, the fry sauce. They got regular fry sauce and then they got spicy fry sauce. Gives a whole new element to your French fry game. 
that's the uh the custard spot, right? Yeah. 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 Shout out to Freddy's. But yeah, Uber Eats, yeah. I, I had some really good ramen. So shout out if you're into that sort of thing. I found a real good spot out here in Atlanta. Andrew's probably into ramen. My Andrew? My daughter's huge into the whole ramen thing. Like she orders off of Amazon a bunch of that stuff. Nice. But like stuff you nice. can't get in stores around here. Nice. And shut up, Tony. And, and <laughs> places around here deliver. So I got a great a nice, ramen place by me. It's called Tom Place that's right around the corner. I like I like the Ecuadorian place. You can get some pork. You can get chicken, goat. Like it's it's good shit. All right. Uh, so push. I just want to end this topic by saying, <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> we we save the best. We save the best for last in talking about double or nothing, and that's why Pot is War is officially a cooking show. Right? I just shit on double or nothing. Yeah. Thank you. You did. Yeah. I wanted to. It's okay. Clearly. Let's move Enjoy on. your white castle. I got a buddy. We wanted to start a. You got a. You got a what? Hold on. Start. Wait. Wait. We got. We got. We can wait for that. You got a bunny with a huge what? No, I said I had a buddy. We talked about starting oh, bloody. a cooking show where we were going to make it. No, buddy. Oh, uh, buddy. We were going to make a a buddy YouTube channel where we were baking goods out of an easy bake oven and everything had marijuana in it. I would watch that. Oh, that's, that's a good I would good watch idea. that. That is a See? good idea. Yeah. That is a good idea. <laughs> I mean, we could put it on the channel. Link that on your Twitter if you actually make that happen, because that's a good fucking idea. I'll put it on the chair show. Whatever you want, whatever you need, champ. Oh, shit. If you if you could get your hands on one of the old creepy crawler ovens, because it's very similar, <laughs> just for the extra nostalgia throwback. Because I, we're all probably around a similar age. Y'all got to remember what the fuck creepy crawlers are. That would be fucking fantastic. Oh yeah, that's a brilliant idea. I'm I'm about to break kayfabe here. I had to go piss, but when I, I have my headphones in, that's a absolutely brilliant idea. You need to do that and stare to the kid. <laughs> Mess around with the whole gender thing, like put barrettes in your hair and shit like that. <laughs> what if you modified it? What if you modified it for like three light bulbs? What if you put three light bulbs inside of it instead of just one? <laughs> no, uh, I'm glad this is over. I'm gonna try it. Dude, I can't wait. That's awesome. Holiday special on social media. We're gonna figure this shit out. Can we? Can we produce? Can we? Produ- can we just get a producer credit? Well, you know, we'll jump in and help out. Yeah, why not? All right, we got. I got it recorded, guys. All right, let's move on. That's good enough for me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Time to talk about the Wednesday Night War. We all just got done watching what was going on. AEW Dynamite and NXT at the same time. NXT ended with the bro himself, Matt Riddle, and Timothy Thatcher in a very interesting setup, which I really liked. Uh, Going head-to-head against Dynamite finishing with a prelude to a possible Jericho Tyson match. Anybody intrigued? Anybody intrigued? 
Let me say this, man. I'm totally pissed because I had to watch the Thatcher Riddle <laughs> match. I had to watch that because I thought it was going to be interesting, and it was a good match for what it was. Yeah. But I totally missed Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho, so I'm a little oh. pissed about. I'm busy about that, man. I'm not going to lie to you. You missed Mike Tyson and his Lex Luger versus the shirt moment. That was. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell, you make this up? I'm going to flex anyway. Sonny, <laughs> Sonny, you know you want to do it. You know you want to do it. Go for it. Go for no. it. Come on, man. Uh, Come on. Yeah. What? Come on. What? Oh, oh, we're going down the aisles in the grocery store. And, oh, hey, look over there. There's a bag of Doritos. Yeah, and the next thing you know, I'm fighting a kangaroo in the wing. And I get back out of the way. I beat the fucking kangaroo. And I get to the back. And I'm like, hey, my neck is fucking broken. I think it's spinal. And the doctor's like, here, have some fucking Doritos. <laughs> Max, just give you a little bit of backstory about Tunney's Tyson. He, we we do a sports pod on here as well, which you know, a uh, three man pod. It goes up Tuesdays on the Chairshot.com. What's it called? And what's it called? It, it, it's my what's your what's and, your sports uh, show Cash called? And wait, he got wait, two wait, wait, wait. on the Hold line. On. Wait, wait, wait. What's your sports show called? You better say three man weave and just redact that. You heard the man. <laughs> <laughs> Even I know the name of your fucking show. <laughs> wow. All right, continue continue to put me over. Yeah, yeah, for once, fair enough. But yeah, so it's two brothers on the show, and out of the two brothers, PC Tunney had the best Mike Tyson. So now, anytime he gets an opportunity to do his Mike Tyson, and I'm going to let him do his Mike Tyson, because I spent most of the time burying him anyway. But yeah, I'm going to let him get his mic off, because it's a decent mic. Ah, shit. So where do we want to start, Tony? You know, your, your mister sets it up and, you know, puts the ball on the tee. Well, I just did my Mike Tyson impersonation. So I want Max's thoughts on a possible Mike Tyson versus Chris Jericho because that's clearly the biggest news of the evening, bar none, if that's going to happen. I mean, whether you like it or not, it's going to get a lot of attention on AEW. And Tyson in phenomenal shape, BT-Dub. I just had to throw that out there. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Like this, I, this is the first I'm hearing of because I didn't watch Dynamite. Uh, I, was, I was preparing for the show, uh, nor did I watch NXT. But Tyson versus man, this, this, I don't know how I feel. Like they're already doing stuff like this, and we're not even a, we're not even a full year into Dynamite. Ah, I don't know, <laughs> man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, so, that's kind of how I felt, though, because they also marked out their, the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars cheerleaders in inner circle stuff. And I, I was watching it nefariously to watch them side by side instead of just flip channels. And I guess the feed I was watching was the fight one where they didn't have commercials, so they kept playing it through. So they had girls dancing, essentially, for like two or three minutes. And I'm like, oh. This seems like WCW tried this, and yeah. TNA TNA put them in cages, and then I guess after that the commercial was supposed to end, then they kind of let them out in the tunnel like a football thing. But I find it weird that they had cheerleaders hyping up a crowd full of people from the locker room. Okay, so am I, am I allowed to say? I enjoy attractive women dancing without being canceled. Can I, we don't, say that? I don't hate it either, but I'm just saying that they're already picking from the WCW and TNA ideas that are seemingly outdated 
via, via Twitter culture at the moment. And then, like Max was saying with the whole already do, going for the Tyson angle, it's it's a weird well, jump basically does, a year or a little less than a year into things. Let's 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 go ahead and give him his props because what does Greg DeMarco always say? AEW says we don't do WWE. Greg DeMarco says AEW doesn't do WWE. They do WWF. Greg is so, right oh, Max, man, Max, though, I have to ask you. Come on, man. Just on pure face value, you're not a little intrigued. Or it, the 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 idea, and I'm not saying that's where they're going, but the idea of a Jericho Tyson match don't get you a little bit moist, man. No, uh, moist, no. But I'm, I'm <laughs> I like how he clarified it first. It's like, first of all, get that bullshit away from me. Secondly, yeah. let me yeah. answer your question. No. I'm interested to see like what becomes of it. Like, if it's a match, I have a very good idea of how this is going to go down, but. I'm more interested to see the aftermath of it and what happens. I mean, is this like an early on type of jump the shark scenario? Because that's like what I lean towards automatically when I hear that. It's like, holy fuck, with everything going on, now you're going to bring Mike Tyson and you're going to put him in a match. Well, how about this? Because today they had a big announcement for the Jericho Cruise, which is in February. What if they draw this out here and there? All like just Mike Tyson disappears and shows up two months from now, and it's Tyson versus Jericho on a boat. Now, if they take and do something like that where they'll actually draw it out and actually make something of it more than a one-off where we're going to do this in less than 30 days, sure, yeah, no, you, I mean, you got my attention. I'm going to watch nonetheless to see what's going on. But make it worth it. Just don't make it a one-off because if it's a one-off, I don't see nothing more coming of it. Nothing, I don't see anything beneficial from it besides the extra eyes that you're going to get because Mike Tyson's really hot on the uh, social He's trying to make this comeback. I think he just signed a fight with a Tyson dude. Mike Tyson versus Tyson. The, anyways, so he's hot. So they're going off, off of the buzz that he's got. I mean, what kind of, what's it going to do for you, though? I, in my opinion, it's, it's, a, it's a dud because it's, uh, you know, lightning in a bottle that you're hoping to catch. And in my opinion, it's not a very big lightning bolt. Yeah, I've heard that, man. I've heard the uh, the Tyson Fury versus Mike Tyson. I've heard that thrown out there. there. I've also heard that they, they're they working on a Tyson Holyfield 3 as well. So I guess stay tuned, which is probably why Mike is in such phenomenal shape because he's getting ready to do something. But, I, you know, and, but Max, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I said it. When, they, when, when I put, I don't know what fucking show I said it on because I'm doing like four or five shows a fucking week, literally. Uh, but I said it on one show. Humble brag. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I love how it derailed you so much. They're like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> thank you, smug balls. That once I heard, Anytime. once I heard that Mike Tyson was working out, I said, he's going to wrestle. He's not going to fight. He's going to wrestle because what makes him more legitimate to come in and fight someone in a wrestling ring than Ooh, Mike Tyson looks good enough to go out and box again. Well, that means he's legitimate. So now the fans are bought into it. And if you ever like Mike Tyson, and if you're my age, I just want to fucking see more of Mike Tyson. Okay, I'm going to go well, buy a bag of Doritos tomorrow, Max. That, that him get a boxing match in before you put him in a wrestling match. What about Jericho versus uh, Mike Tyson in a boxing match? That'd really? Be a legit boxing match in. That, really? That, that, that could be hilarious. Be. 
Like really, people just keep jumping really. in and stopping it, and then finally, after 15 minutes uh, before the bell was started, then Mike Tyson knocks him out because there's all this gimmick well, shit in between. No, you know how it is. Is it's Jericho gets DQ'd because then he gets pissed off and tries to use the Judas effect elbow, but that's illegal <laughs> in boxing. So then the referee calls it at the DQ, and then Tyson knocks him the fuck out. Just so you know, this is exactly how these guys are booking this shit. They're doing fucking FaceTime calls with each other. Getting drunk and whatever else they do. Dude, great idea. You know how Tyson's hot right now? Let's bring him in. We'll put him with Jericho. Man, I'm so glad you said that because that's actually where I was going to go with this, man, which is one of my, <laughs> my biggest legit critique and criticism of AEW is that eventually you got to have an adult in the room somewhere, <laughs> somehow. Because, you know, it's cool that the wrestlers got freedom to do what they want to do. But at the same point in fucking time, man, everything that comes out of a wrestler's mouth is not a jewel. Like, there's going to be some fuck shit that happens. And we've seen some fuck shit. And, you know, you can say what you want about WWE. You can say what you want about Vince. And there's obviously legitimate critiques to be there. But the fact that he's still here and has been here forever and will be here forever, he's going to outlive the four of us on this pod, is that you know where the buck stops. Whether good or bad, right or wrong, you know where the buck stops. And, you know, Tony Khan... I'm taking Max out out this equation because he's actually in the industry, but Tony Khan's level of wrestling knowledge, it it rivals the three of us. No, you know it what I mean? The only difference is it does. The only difference not, is not Andrew. Is that, not but, Andrew. No, no, no. <laughs> not Andrew. But the only is, there's no fucking way. And I'll, and I'll, go, and I'll bet dollars and I'll bet dollars to motherfucking donuts that that motherfucker don't know more about WCW and WWF than I do. But the only the, the only difference I don't know. I've heard and... how you're doing on Adam's trivia show on DWI, and I don't think your uh, your knowledge of things is as good as you think it is. I've never been, been known to build a character or kayfabe have... ever, right? You you have what two points out of four weeks, and there's three questions a week. Is that right? So I... how how good are you at WCW and WWF, buddy? <laughs> hey, listen. If you listen to the DWI podcast, you'll know that we're building a winning streak over there for DPP. There's a little break in the kayfabe <laughs> over here on Pod is for DPP getting pushed up for 45 seconds. I was literally damn near done with my point. All and right, hold on, not yet. No, I can't yet. Because I didn't mute my mic, so let's take this back. Because I didn't mute my mic, you couldn't get your shit out. But when I mute it, then you have a problem. Ooh. Guys, we're gonna shut up. We're gonna shut up now for forty-five seconds. Go ahead. Thank you. All I was trying to say was that his knowledge and expertise of wrestling rivals ours. The only difference is he's got a billionaire dad. Shout out to Shaka Khan that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars and he can go play wrestler. And the thing is, I I, I don't know what the checks and balances are there but i'm sure these wrestlers are working him because that's what wrestlers do they're workers so i'm sure they're working him and if it comes down to it where somebody has a shitty idea is he gonna be able to you know put his nuts on the table and say hey don't do that shit and i don't know if that's gonna happen all i'm saying is there has to be an adult in the room and with these last three seconds i'm gonna say the hell with everybody shout out to max Maybe that's their their theory or philosophy on booking is just spitball, throw it all at the wall, and let's see what happens. Throw it all out there, good and bad. Let's just throw it out there and see what happens. Isn't that what TNA did for about a decade? 
You know what I'm getting at, though. I'm pretty sure uh, Vince Russo thought it was a good idea to have a dude dress up like a gladiator and come out, you know, dressed up in S&M gear. I mean, that that's pretty much throwing everything at the wall, right? No. <laughs> that's demolition, though, and that worked. Yes, but but they, but, but they yeah. were you know, they were S and M gear, but they weren't a gladiator. <laughs> There's a difference there. I, I just heard S and M, and I automatically thought demolition. That is all. all you would think of, huh? That's right where your mind goes. This is why Amber doesn't ever join us on the pod. There's a difference between Dixie Carter and Tony Khan, though. Aside from gender, what? <laughs> 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 you know, Andrew popped the jam. Hard high one. Yeah, one of them could uh, get the hard high one, and the other one is Tony Khan. Yeah, other than that, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Have we have we uh, expelled our AEW thoughts? Should we switch on over to the NXT side tonight and talk a little bit about what happened in the main event between Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher? I mean, we could talk about everything because the show was actually solid. It started off with a triple threat for A Block to see who went to the uh, cruiserweight interim cruiserweight championship finals, and it ended up in a bullshit kind of way where Drake got a pin while Kushida was putting an arm bar on Jake Atlas, and the ref counted a pin instead of the tap out. But Kushida, in the ultimate babyface way, later in the show. Drake was like, I don't know, maybe we can have another match. Maybe we can do that. And Kushida just comes on, like, pats him on the shoulder and goes, you win the championship. You won. You go finals. And then Drake Drake was just at the whole, you know, if I win, when I win, you're getting first shot at the at the belt. Because they, they just, like, super baby-faced each other. And it was, it was a sweet moment because we all know what the hell's been going on with Drake. And if he just kind of worked himself into getting the job. The whole thing's a work. Thank you. In, in, including the <laughs> including the, the, the makeshift firing. That's the work as well. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cool. That, that, Kurt that, Angle was that. back at three, and he was fired at that point, too, if we think about it. So, they, thank you, Max. I was I was leading towards that, but you, you were ahead of the game. Um, no, you're fine. And uh, Mia Yim and Keith Lee, uh, Chris, you should be happy about this if you didn't see it, where Keith didn't necessarily find any mad dog energy but his eloquent way of just kind of coming off as like the gentleman scholar it played well off of Mia and they just parodied the whole Gargano dinner thing that they've been doing but Mia like used a a flashlight to like change the mood and say nasty things and then she's like here Keith you try it and Keith is like ah I'm blind wait this is stupid what am I supposed to do and it, it, it was campy but it was funny and it worked uh Scarlet and Karrion Cross, Scarlet looked like a million bucks scouting Tommaso Ciampa for that in-your-house match. That was great. Regal and Adam Cole, Bebe, had their little Skype chat about how they wanted things to go to, ne- to negotiate for the title match. Dreams got his title match in your house, but if he loses, then he can't challenge Adam Cole again. So as long as Adam Cole is champ, Dream can't challenge again kind of thing. And yes, the Lions then, Steel Cage, Pit Fighter, whatever kind of you know, kickboxer extreme kind of match that was blood sport in WWE. It wasn't bad. It could have been better because I thought that early thing about like Thatcher getting his teeth knocked out and the weird kind of like spot with the doctor. That was weird. I didn't really like that. But in general, I like the NXT show a little more than the AEW show. 
So did Thatcher not come into the match with those teeth missing? Because I felt like he did. I, I mean, it came with a few missing. I don't know, but maybe chiclets are just really cheap in Orlando or wherever they're <laughs> at. <laughs> did you see any of it, Chris, or were you focusing on AEW mainly aside from the main event? Well, yeah, I was focusing on AEW mainly, but I did see some of it. I saw the um, well, I I turned it when I because I thought uh, Karrion Cross was coming out to take care of the Black Jobber of the Week again, but it turns out it was Chompa's turn to take care of the Black Jobber of the Week. Jesus. So, <laughs> so I turned it off, and then I I came back though as uh as Scarlet was coming out and they were cutting the promo, which I thought that was good. That was a good piece of business. How, how yeah, do you, know, you I, feel about AEW's, you know, the, 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 the great Black Hope tag team getting paired up with Joey Janela's boosted fucking ass, losing, and then getting overshadowed by FTR's debut? Did, did you not hear what I said when I said Black Jobber of the Week? Like, that's oh, not that's WWE. I'm giving, you, I'm giving you your stance to kind of make your point. Nah, that's not WWE exclusive. We didn't touch on the FTR debut or the fact that Street Profits were kind of punked out and put Joey's fucking Janela with his fucking tech bullshit. Max, how do you feel about Joey Janela? Because the last (laughs) couple weeks, we've kind of told each other how we feel. How do you feel about him? I don't know if you've even crossed paths with him. I don't Uh, know. No, I I haven't. The only thing I really know about Janela is he... Again, notoriety coming from the internet, and he's not that great of a worker. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, whatever. He, he's, he's not a shining star to me. Oh, no, that that's I wasn't sure if maybe you knew someone or heard yeah. something, worked with him, and had like some kind of shine that you could yeah, add to this right. because oh. we we we're not big, big, huge fans of him, and you have a better perspective than we do when it comes to that. The, the most I ever I I didn't hear of Joey Janela until like his whole uh, spring break or his little shows he was putting on under uh, was it GCW Game Changer or something? Yeah, because yeah. they tried to play it off as if that was his promotion yeah. and he was doing his thing. Yeah. But yeah, every WrestleMania weekend he's got yeah he does his. The his last thing. couple of years they focused on Joey Janela's like eighty spring break or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. That, that was really the only time I would really hear about Janela was. Like once a year, doing. I'm like, well, who the hell is this kid to put his name on a show? But I mean, fuck, it, it was drawn, so I, whatever. I mean, more power to him, but I'm not. I'm not a huge fan. So I uh, and I do have to give WWE props. They finally caught up, and they did have you know people in the stands this week with the the goalie box or the penalty box plexiglass, which kind of gave oh. the whole festivities of a Fight Club vibe. Tell me that's not awesome. Cool. Cause you know, you know, Vince doesn't usually put shit up there just to put it up there. So I'm expecting some NHL '94 level of Super Nintendo shit, where somebody is gonna go through a sugar glass fucking plexi like a wall and just shatter and go onto somebody, and that's gonna cause like a big ruckus or like a big brawl kind of thing. Cause Vince isn't usually just a let's put this up here for no reason kind of guy. You say it's a long burn, or at least a little bit. Long for like the nowadays kind of, yeah, you know, right. attention span that could be two weeks, that could be two months. But 
I, I I see you could use a lot more of a gimmick than just heels on one side, faces on the other side, and they can jump the guardrail whenever they want to kind of thing, because AEW's kind of done that a lot. I, I like the fact that there's something to kind of use if they wanted to, where they could have a sugar glass pane and just chuck somebody through it and do something that way. Andrew, did you mention NHL 94? I did, buddy. Make somebody's head bleed. Or in playoffs. I'm going to make Wayne Gretzky's head bleed for super fan number 99 over here. Hey, man, those little NHL games were fun as hell, though. Those were really good, oh, yeah. and the uh, and the FIFA games really were really good as well. You, you know what game I, I low-key have a lot of love for, which I think was only probably on, like, Nintendo or Super Nintendo, and it was before any of, like, the good basketball games. Do you remember Portland Double Trailblazers? Dribble. No, Portland Trailblazers versus, like, Chicago Bulls, like, World Tour 1991 or whatever no. the fuck it was called. No, don't remember it. That, that, no. that was like an no. old fucking... It was probably just like a bullshit 90s game. And it was, it was, like, I had so it, was it was EA Sports, right? I believe it, it was. It was the Trailblazers yeah. versus Bulls Lakers. Versus, no, Bulls no, versus Blazers. He's on to it something was here. Bulls yes. Yeah, oh, Bulls versus Blazers. Yeah, yeah that was, oh, that you was did literally have that. the next game. Dude, I, I don't know how much I played that game, and I just loved that fucking game. It was such a pile of shit looking back, but it was so fun in the 90s. Because it was the Bulls. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I mean, I know you're, you're in Chicago now, so I don't know where your so, your proclivities lie. But I, I've been a Chicago fan since the 90s because I grew up with it, so I got swept up into the wannabe like Mike thing. Oh, is, it sure. that you, is that you too, Max? Or? Oh, 100%. 100%. Wanted to be okay. like Mike. Well, well let's Max, I'm I'm originally from Cleveland, man. So late '80s, early '90s, just to know, I, you you already know, I wasn't fucking with Michael Jordan around yeah. that particular yeah, point. Yeah, hated him a little bit. Yeah. So right, well, hate is strong, but yeah. <laughs> let's put over the chair shot real quick here. Go ahead and follow at three underscore man weave our flagship sports show over there. Myself, Ray Cash, Christopher Platt. And check out Bandwagon Nerds, the show that's running its way right up and down the whole entertainment side of the chair shot. Uh, Bandwagon Nerds, DPP, Dave Unger, uh, Patrick O'Dowd, the hostess, the host, the hostess, the host with the most. He don't listen to the show anyway. And, and sometimes, and sometimes Big Rick. Uh, let's end it like this: Max Holiday, favorite video game of all time, arcade system, whatever. Uh, first one that pops in my head would be Contra. Nice. Ooh, up, that's up, a good down, one. down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, yep. select, select, start. My man. Yeah, a, a buddy of mine had an old NES, and we went out and found Contra at one of those uh, replay stores. Bought it, took it back to his place, played it for an hour, beat the game. Was very disappointed, because I remember playing it as a kid. That thing taking forever. Yeah. <laughs> Especially that, that second or third one where you have to actually, like, duck under the lasers or whatever. As a kid, that was fucking impossible. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm always partial to uh, the Ninja Turtles arcade game. And it, what, it was the Turtles in Time? Like, I played the yeah. shit out of that, be it a Chuck E. Cheese or whatever the fuck it was. Oh, I love that game. I go uh, Nintendo 64, GoldenEye. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. That was, that was yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> Before we hit a chair shot, before we hit a chair shot commercial and talk a lot more about Max Holiday, I can't wait for the bars to open so I can play Golden Tea.
love that btw can you give us some backstory yeah. on uh the whole sinister with a boot named sue entrance theme uh i was actually looking for custom theme i've always been looking theme music in my opinion in pro wrestling is uh one of the most important things because it's the first thing they hear and the last thing they hear uh when you're entering and leaving the building so it kind of gives something for them to tie to uh, tie your name to and I wanted custom music. It just so happened to have a buddy that had just had music done. So I contacted the, the gentleman by the name of Otis Grimm, uh, contracted him and Mr. Anon out to do the theme song uh, for the Bearded Bruiser, Max Holiday, uh, entitled, and I actually got to title it because it didn't title it, uh, Sinister with a Boot Named Sue. Bob, so you're a Johnny Cash man. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> a couple of years ago, uh, when I came back to wrestling, uh, like 2010, I want to say, um, most people are, you know, they've always got their, their move, something flashy they got to do. I always wanted something simple and devastating uh, that I could do to everybody. And what better uh, than a boot? Um, especially, you know, my boot, probably the most devastating boot out there. Uh, and so with that, you have to have probably one of the meanest, scariest names that you can think of. And the first thing that came to mind was, a, you know, a boot named Sue. So that's a fantastic uh, reference. It is. That's awesome. That's that's beautiful. Uh, Max, I, I I have to ask you this, man, because I ask every time I get the opportunity to talk to a wrestler, I ask them this about how your perspective of the business has changed being in the business, understanding how the sausage is made. Oh, this is <laughs> I'll probably catch a lot of heat for this. Um, I used to no one, play no one, no one listens to this show. Go ahead. <laughs> I, used to, I, I used to play basketball back in like junior high. Uh, high school, if you will. And, and um, while playing, I, short of watching the Bulls, I didn't care. I, like, lost my interest in actually watching the sport. If I wasn't doing it, I didn't care. In a way, wrestling has become that for me again to where I don't so much care to watch it unless I'm doing it. I need to be doing it because that's what I want to do. I don't want to sit down and watch it. Now, granted, you, you still learn from watching. You can see people doing new things. But that's not why I'm in wrestling. I'm not here to sit around and watch. I want to do it. So being in wrestling and from what I know, um, like watching things, listening to you guys talk, uh, it's just things, certain things that are happening, matches that are happening, po the possibility of outcomes. And it's like you kind of see where the story's going. So in a way, it's kind of like reading the book and getting about to the second chapter and go, all right, I already know what the finish is. By the time you get to, you know, your last chapter, you're like, ah, knew it! But you still <laughs> read the book. So it's kind of where I'm at with wrestling, really. I still love it to death, but 
like I've said tonight, I, I didn't watch that. I didn't watch that. I didn't watch that. I watched the highlights. I watched, you know, I watched the gifs, the memes, see what everybody's talking about. Um, I will still sit down and I still will watch wrestling and I enjoy it, but it's not something where it's like, oh, wrestling's on. I got to go sit down and watch it now. Is there anything uh, you go, oh, this is on, I'm going to watch it? What's the last, what's the last, th- okay, here's a better question. What's the last thing you went, I'm going to sit down and watch this when it comes on? Um, like wrestling wise, <laughs> uh, what was the last? Oh, the Money in the Bank pay per view because I was very curious. Like, I watched it because I was curious what they were going to do. Because again, it's something I haven't seen, so I watched it for the, from the perspective of okay, well, how do you do this now? How are you going to make this match something that's going to keep people drawn in and make them keep wanting to come back? And it was good. It was. I felt there could have been more, especially coming from WWE. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're at the epicenter of WWE, and I felt like they just went, here you go, here's here's a little bit, now come back next time. Do you feel that's just because, as Platt said, you know how the, <laughs> the sausage is made, or is that's that possible. just... It, or is it just kind of like how society has gone in 2020? Like, I don't really think there's many moments where people go, it's 5.30, such and such is on, I gotta watch it, because you can DVR it, you can on-demand it, you can TV, you exactly. know, you, you, you've got more ways to watch things now. You think it's because you're on the inside, or is it just because of how every, literally every media channel has evolved, where, fuck, if I don't see it today, shit, I'll see it when I got time. Yes. Thank you for, okay. thank you for taking my words and, and making them, you know, Understandable. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for the third time, smug balls. Smug balls. <laughs> well, my, my counter to that, though, would be that. Inside the business? Yes. Oh, wait, no, wait. Please, you please. cut out a little no, there, Matt. Please, what was your point? Yeah. I, I was saying, if, am I jaded from being inside the business? Yes. But like you said, at the same time, I'm not like, eh, I want to watch this. Right now, I don't have to. I can watch it later. I can watch it when I want to. And I can watch it if they're doing something that I'm interested in. I can fast forward through all yes. the undercard stuff that I don't care about and get to the match I want to watch. Isn't that fantastic nowadays where you can just fast forward shit you don't want to say? <laughs> yeah, 100%. So, Max, is there a wrestler that before you got into the business, you didn't think very highly of them, and you just said this this guy or, or this gal is is a J-Brone, and then once you got into the business, again, you learned how the sauces was made, you understood how the business worked, you it, it gave you a, a different respect for their body of work. Triple uh, H, I thought it was a jerk. Uh, I met him, um, uh, but him couple buddies and I, we went down to Birmingham, Alabama for a pay-per-view, and we met Triple H that day. Uh, among other people, and we stayed at the hotel with the wrestlers, and he was he was just a jerk, a dick. And I was like, man, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of him then. And I, once I saw that, I was like, holy shit, fuck this guy. You know, what a, what a, what a, what a schmuck. Uh, but after getting into the business, I kind of understand why he was doing what he was doing at that time. And he was more or less being Triple H. And if I'm not mistaken, at the time he was obviously a heel, so kayfabe is the deal. Uh, so he was doing his job at the time. But in that moment, again, wasn't a fan of his till then. Met him like, okay, this might be a thing, and he was a jerk. And I was like, oh fuck this guy, and continued to say that until I had a better understanding of what exactly he was doing. Yo, I have and the I, exact same story with. 
have, I have the exact same story <laughs> with Bobby the Brain Heated. Bruh, I was 17 years old. I is a, I, you know, I, I'm from Cleveland. Um, I moved to Virginia when I was about nine, went back to Cleveland when I was 16. So I'm 17. My stepbrothers graduated from high school. So we went back to Virginia to see the graduation. So we're flying out of Maryland. And it was the same day that the Great American Bash was going on. So the wrestlers are coming in as we're coming out. And my stepfather and I, rest his soul, he looks up at me because we used to watch wrestling together. He says, Chris, Chris, that's Bobby the Brain. So, you know, 17-year-old kid, wet behind the ears, don't know shit. I run up on Bobby the Brain and he says, excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Heenan, Mr. Heenan, Mr. Heenan. Oh, my God, I can't believe I met you, Mr. Heenan, Mr. Heenan. <laughs> this farmer ignored me the entire time I was trying to talk to him. And it's kind of the witch or two. Didn't break kayfabe whatsoever. Totally ignored me. Was a total dick. And I look at it now, just, you know, obviously I only know so much. Obviously I don't know what you know, but understanding how the business works a little bit better now my with my grown eyes, you gotta respect it. It's funny because I say I do that now. Um, I'm, I'm a big proprietor of the whole kayfabe thing, especially at shows. Uh, uh, and I was actually working a uh, Brew City uh, Festival show, and there's a special needs uh, fan that is just, he's a big fan of, of myself, and he's always wanting to, you know, shake hands with me and whatnot, and so at this festival show, Frank comes around, he's like, hey, uh, this kid's out here, he wants to you know, he wants to say hi. I said, okay. The rest of the evening, I spent my time avoiding this kid, like, Everyone in the back was laughing at it because I'd go one way. This kid would come running across. I would turn around and avoid him at all costs because I didn't want to have that interaction with him because I'm a bad guy and bad guys aren't nice to people. And I, if I had to have an interaction, I didn't want that. <laughs> uh, I didn't want to deal with that one, uh, having to be mean to someone that was special needs. So instead, I was mean in the fact of just avoiding him the entire time. And it was fun. It was funny to watch, but at the same time, still kind of felt bad, because he was like, he's over there, and he'd go to run, and I'd go the other way, but, you know, I, it's it's part of the business, and, and uh, in order to, uh, it's funny, because you, as you said, you were a 16, 17-year-old kid, I was a similar age when I met Triple H, and that's what it's all about, is, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, how we hold these people up on pedestals as, as superstars and, and heroes mm-hmm. and celebrities, and as a kid, you go up to it with these doe-like eyes, and you're like, oh my god, there's no there's no, I hate him, I like him. It's This is a superstar. I get to meet him. And when mm-hmm. they turn around and they turn that character on you and they completely blindside you and you leave there pissing and moaning about, I hate him. You're not realizing what they just <laughs> did to you. They did their job. You now hate him. And you're going to go boo that motherfucker at the show tonight. So, it, I mean, it's all in the big work and it's all about cake, babe. And in my opinion, I enjoy doing it. And I think that more people should do it. Well, I think I went you, off, off a little there. Sorry. No, you, no, you that was brought right. me into another. Di- no, and I, it, you kind of brought me into a, a, a question that I wanted to ask you. So this is perfect. So, again, man, you're in the industry. We're fans, and we don't know as much as we think we know. But I feel like in this particular point in time, we know more than we've ever known. Do mm-hmm. you think that we can get back to a point where t- is kayfabe dead? I guess no. that's what I'm trying to ask you. It's not no. dead. No, it's nobody a, knows. A, nobody knows my name. It's not PC Tony. Well, oh, well, actually, you actually, you, hey, Cahagas knows my name, right, Max? <laughs> yeah. Remember that? Yes, it does. Do you yeah, remember yeah, that? Yep. Yeah. You got really pissed at me. 
I know your name uh, too, asshole, but let the man answer the question. I know your name too, Tony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like with anything, everything has to evolve. Kayfabe has to evolve. It has to adapt to the times. And I feel for a while, uh, Vince and WWE were doing a very good job of, of, of blurring those lines again for us with the whole like reality era. Um, it's hard to do now with social media. Uh, 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 and when it is done and it's done right, you walk away not going, oh, I got duped. You walk away going, that was fucking amazing. When it's done right, and you can do it today, it's not dead. So that that brings up an interesting question, and I know you're active on Twitter and the social media, so you might have seen this in your scope of things. I know Michael Elgin recently has gone on kind of a big tirade about kayfabe and how a lot of the fans complain if you make a post or a tweet in character and you bury somebody or say somebody something negative. And he kind, he kind of drew a hard line where he's just like, Aaron is a sensitive guy who wants friends, but Michael Elgin wants you to go fucking play in traffic and go fuck yourself. So at what point do you see there being, I guess, an acceptable line of when to say it, or do you need to preface it on things because of how sensitive everybody's got and how smart they think they are? Who are you following online? A few people. Is there one in particular? In that, in that scenario, who are you following online? Are you following Michael Elgin or are you following Aaron? I'm following Michael Elgin, yes. Okay, so then so then, what the fuck is, are you bitching about? Not, not you specifically, but what are no, you No, no, th- this, is, this is awesome, yeah. You're following a character that, for some reason, you like enough to follow him on your social media. Mm-hmm. So for you to turn around and be like, you can't say that, that's not right. Well, who the fuck are you? Because you're following this guy for that reason. So your, your stance is that the kayfabe kind of lives however the person wants to incorporate it into their character. So if their profile says Michael Elgin, you should expect Michael Elgin's post, not Aaron's post, so to speak. And you don't always get everybody like like Ethan Page. Ethan Page has like Ethan Page played by Julian. So you you get more of his kind of thing than a character thing. So this is kayfabe... Does kayfabe have to evolve to the point of calling a shot and telling the the quote-unquote smart fan when it's a work? Or do you kind of have to just find a way to incorporate the heat and the, the Twitter blowback or the, the cancel culture along with what you want to say? You, you accept the good with the bad. You, okay. you have to. Because, I mean, you're following me. If you're following me on social media, you're following Max Holiday. I have personal accounts. You know what I'm saying? So you're not no, following me as a, as a, uh, a credit card processing support agent. Uh, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're following the bearded bruiser, a guy that gives two shits what you think. He's going to pull up on his bike. He's going to drink with. He's going to be. If you have a problem with that, don't follow him. Oh, no, that, that, that's awesome. Because there's a lot of people that can't draw that perspective line, and that that's just a great way to put it. Get his so balls waxed Matt... out of spite. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, Max, I, I I have to ask you, brother, because you know I'm of the belief, and I have this theory that it's actually easier to quote unquote work 
the fans nowadays because you can use what we think we know against us and it's a lot easier to kind of throw something out there to the quote-unquote dirt sheets you know what i mean and, and to kind of steer us in the direction that you want to steer us and i look at guys i'm talking specifically wwe but i look at guys like baron corbin or uh jinder mahal who you know there was a lot of backlash not just with the fans but with the you know the wrestling media as well hashtag journalism you get that shirt at provincetees.com forward slash the chair shot and I, I, I felt like we were all being worked in those instances because those guys were able to draw, you know, legitimate heat. Mm-hmm. No, I, 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 I have no problem. In that aspect, Corbin and those guys, I love it. I, when you take it and, and you're pushing, I mean, again, you're following a character. You're not following these guys. You're following the character that they portray. So you're going to get what they portray on social media. You're going to get what they portray in person. You're going to get what they portray on TV. It is a character that, now whether it's that person amplified times a thousand or some guy dressed in drag, you're going to get that character because that's what you're here for. You're here to be entertained, be it by being humiliated, yelled at, or, you know, encouraged. Or if you're a John Cena fan, you know, mm-hmm. it's what you're paying for. You're paying for the entertainment value no matter what it is at this point. Now, yes, are there lines that you don't cross? Obviously. I think we all know what those lines are, and they don't have to be uh, noted. Maybe some people, they need to be noted because they're just fucking assholes (laughs) out there. (laughs) But for the majority majority of us, it doesn't need to be noted. So... I want to transition a little bit here as we close out our Max holiday topic. I want to thank you twice here, Max, and I'll thank you more than twice on June twentieth. Um, beer wise. Whoa, whoa, that, yes, that's there you go. Kind yeah. of. <laughs> no, he knew what I meant. He knew okay. what I meant. He knew what I meant. Yeah, I'm not closing my eyes for that one. <laughs> ah, there we go. Full circle. Full circle. Uh, thank you for for fielding our questions and giving us, you know, your thoughts as being someone who is established and, and very well respected. And, and, you know, I call I you champ every, that. I call you champ every time I see you. Um, thank you for that. Uh, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks for always, you know, uh, being there uh, when I, when I need you and, 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 you know, and not even when I don't need you, I just want you to want to hear your voice again and see what's going on with you. So appreciate that. 100%. Um, My pleasure. Let's talk about Max Holiday. What's coming up? What are you looking forward to getting out? Because I know you have a show book, June 20th, and I figure we wrap this up with this here shortly, the June 20th show. But in between now and then, what do you have going on? What's the preparation like after being off for so long? And, you know, are, do you have any concerns going back to work? Uh, y- yes and no. Um... It's funny because I've been looking forward to actually getting back into the gym. Um, and with the whole quarantine th- thing ending in Illinois, and I'm air quoting this for those that aren't watching, uh, this weekend I've been waiting, anticipating with bated breath for the email from my gym saying you can come back. And I got that today. Well, you can only go back with a personal trainer. So that kind of nicks that idea. So I kind of am yeah. taking this whole uh, approach of, fuck, we're doing it dry, man. We're going to go in cold. Uh, I've, <laughs> I've done it before. Thank God I'm in a tag match on June 20th. Um, but then again, I really don't see any other way of me doing it short of 
going to the gym. I'm not going to be, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the privilege of getting into a ring before then to roll around and bump. I won't do it the day up. My first bump in however many months we've been quarantined will be on that show. When you see me actually bump in that ring, that'll be my first bump. If I bump, I might not bump. That's, that's a thing. I might not do that. I might actually just allow, you know, beat people up and allow them to be in the ring with me. And much, out. much like the child that wanted to meet you at the festival show, you will also avoid the bump. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's, there's a, in Illinois, not so much in Wisconsin. It's a, uh, it's a called the Max Rule, uh, three bump limit or less. Nice, <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. So, Max, before we get before we, oh, go ahead, man, please. I was saying, there's not really much more preparation. I mean, short of doing some some cardio, which I plan on doing, but I'm going into it cold. I, Plant's got a question for you, but I want to I want to have your thoughts on your concerns about uh, safety wise with everything that's going on and how the show is going to be done and, and that way. Are you concerned at all? No, uh, I'm not really sure what all the precautions are, short of there will be masks there uh, for people that want masks. There will be hand sanitizer there for people. Um, I can tell you the show will be held at 25% capacity for the fans. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a smaller crowd for sure. Um, so, I mean, if you're an indie wrestler, that shouldn't bother you. I mean, I've wrestled in front of five people, I've wrestled in front of, you know, 2,500 people, whatever. Um so I'm not too concerned with that. I mean, through this whole quarantine thing, uh, where people have been staying home, I've, I've actually been going to work every day. Uh, I've been one of three people there. So I've been out and about. Um, I'm not too concerned. I'm, you know, taking precautions like everybody else. So uh, stay away from me. Let's just put it that way. That'll be the best precaution. <laughs> stay away from me. So just one more question, man. And again, man, we appreciate your time and appreciate you coming on. And I, I've had a ball, man. And I think I speak for Tundi as well as balls, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Yep, we got to have you back, man. Seriously. Um, you talked a little bit earlier about the business evolving and obviously everything evolves. So I, I, I just want to get your perspective as somebody that does this and gets paid to do this. What do you see is going to be the next evolution of the professional wrestling business? Where, where do you think we're heading? I mean, wrestling at its fundamentals will always be the same. Um, but I think what we're staring down the barrel of right now is the cinematic matches. I think we're, we're literally we're, we're watching the uh, beginning of this type of, of, uh, of match. And with the time in which we're living, I think it's perfect, perfect timing. Uh, again, thanking Matt Hardy for ushering it in. Um, but wrestling at the end of the day will always be Americana. Fundamentally, it'll be good versus bad, no matter the presentation. There will always be a physical confrontation in front of you. I think that's what it, you know, it's one of the things that draw people to wrestling. Um, but I think the evolution will be these cinematic type of matches, which I'm excited. I hope I get to be in one. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I want to be in a cage match. You have to do that. I want to be in this type of match. You have to do that. Hopefully I'll get to be in one that's well produced and not in my backyard. Uh, so I think that's <laughs> what we're looking at, really. So the guy that you're doing the Easy Bake Oven YouTube show, which that's happening. We've already booked it. It's happening. Tribal. Y'all need Tribal. to go ahead and, yo, Tribal. Y'all need Tribal. to work it. Tribal. Okay, y'all need to. 
y'all need to work an angle, man, and somehow, some way, I know an some electrician. sort of conflict Call that me. ensues, and then you, you gotta, you know, maybe y'all do a cinematic, I don't know, a, um, a Home Depot kitchen match or something like that. Jesus. Like, we're still spitballing it here. We'll but talk. You, 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 24 you days. We'll talk about it in 24 days, days Max. Through an easy bake oven, that's how that goes. I will, we'll have a conference call at the bar after the show. <laughs> right? You know, you don't know, we'll be sitting there drinking beers after the show. We'll have a conference call. Try ball, we'll it's call fun. it. Yeah, it's funny looking at wrestling now uh, because a few years ago, everyone was shitting on the cell phone promos, uh, all kinds of stuff that you actually see being incorporated into wrestling now. So the evolution's there, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens from here and how you know, it's taken to the next level. It's been around forever, and I think it'll be around a lot longer. It's the one thing that's been a constant for everybody. And I believe it's one thing, uh, thanks to the powers that be, that's helped a lot of people get through quarantine. Even though I'm not a fan of the quarantine wrestling, but, you know, we still have it. True. And, it, I mean, literally everything is professional wrestling. If you pay attention to anything that's going on in the world, literally everything is professional wrestling. Max, man, before we uh, wrap this up, man, literally everything you got going on, man, plug your shit, man. Let everybody know where they can find you, please, and thank you. Absolutely. Uh, you can get me on the Twitter at Holiday Special, Facebook, the Max Holiday, Instagram, Max Holiday, TikTok, Max Holiday, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Max Holiday. I mean, Google Max Holiday, uh, Max Holiday Verse. I do it all the time. And I find matches I haven't seen in forever. Uh, yeah, that's where you can find me at. I actually have... I still have that uh, that indie film I did, that 15-minute uh, short film I did that I was actually supposed to go screen right before this whole coronavirus thing happened. Oh, uh, God. It was, a private, it was a private screening. Uh, I have access to, like, a, a unfinished version, but that's still coming out. Um, uh, what the hell is it called? <laughs> <laughs> wow! So long, I can't even remember now. Do you remember when it's coming out now with the new quarantine date at least? Because I know you brought this up the last time you were on. There is no release date for it, and here I was trying to look at what the name of the thing was. I can't even remember right now. Um, no, there is no release date for it. Uh, we were actually going to screen a version of it that still had some work to be done to it, um, but I'm, I was. We were hoping for summer. Mm. Uh, clearly that is here and I haven't heard anything. I'm only assuming because this was uh, a college thesis project. Mm-hmm. So with the whole coronavirus mm. and schooling stuff. So we'll see. It's supposed to come out. It's something fell. What the hell is the name of this fucking thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, whatever. It's not a promotion for it, but it's coming out. And one more time, man, let people know where you're going to be making your uh, in-ring return as well. Uh, that'll be June 20th for Bruce City Wrestling in Waukesha, Wisconsin at the Elks Lodge uh, right there on Springfield Road, I think it is. 2301 uh, Springdale Road. Yeah, whatever. Uh, GPS. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, have your face in the place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, again, it's limited tickets. I know the ringside, I believe, is sold out. Uh, myself and, and Roadhouse. Uh, Whiskey Benton Hellbound will be taking on Hardcore Impact uh, and Paulie Tomaselli and Hardcore Craig. So it'll be an exciting match. I'm sure it'll be a hard hitting match, and I'm hoping it's on the first half so I can drink with my tummy. 
Nice. That's what I'm talking about. I might as well go ahead right here. Uh, go to BruceCityWrestling1.com. That's Bruce City Wrestling, the number one, BruceCityWrestling1.com to get those tickets. Ringside is sold out. Get your tickets in advance. Go to the BruceCityWrestling1.com website, PayPal, etc. You're going to save some money. You're not going to just be able to show up unless your name's PC Tony and get in the fucking door, okay? Or you're a wrestler. Uh, Tune in to the Frankie DeFalco show this weekend. We'll have more thoughts on what's going on. You can find me at PC Tony on the Twitter, all over the chair shots, sports, entertainment, you name it. Uh, I'm there. Max, thanks again, brother. I'm so looking forward to uh, seeing you on the 20th. And I can tell you DP is as well. He'll be there. So we'll be there. And, uh, yeah, beers on me afterwards, brother. Excellent. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate you guys inviting me back. Uh, Look forward to doing it again in the future. Uh, As always, you know, I've actually wanted to do podcasts again, but at the same time, everyone and their fucking mother has one now. Uh, So, I don't know. We got one. One one of the things I used to say when we'd wrap up our podcast, are we doing finishing lines or you got something else to say? Let these guys get over first and you can close the show. Nah, fuck that shit. No, go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay, Kenny Omega, changing the fucking finish. Uh, shit. All right, I think so I wasn't paying quick, attention. Before before I throw it to you, balls, just real quick, man. I believe yeah. that the, uh, the the short film that Max was talking about is called Bearded Bruiser. Does that sound about right? Nope. Okay, cool. Okay, go ahead, balls. Uh, and he shoots airball. Oh, fuck. Uh. Oh shit! But all right, yeah, you can you can find me on. You have to PayPal me to edit that out. IWC War Chief, writing stuff on thechairshot.com. Anything from opinions to review articles to, I put my two cents about the whole Hannah thing because I I didn't want to bring everything down too much. But I, I I did have my own article about Hannah Kimura's situation, so check that out. And I think I think the uh, the the good old the good leader Greg DeMarco is gonna write something about that fairly soon too. So keep keep your eyes posted for uh, new content on thechairshot.com. Chris, hey man, you guys can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. Uh, speaking about Hannah, you know, again as somebody that has dealt with uh, you know mental illness and depression and things of that nature. Seriously, man, I'm not bullshitting. If you're feeling a certain way and you just need somebody to talk to, for real, holla at me, man. My DMs are open. Slide in my DMs at the Real C Plat, man. I'll DM you my number and we can sit down and literally have a conversation. Seriously, man, because mental health is real and we're getting there, but we ain't quite there yet. And who the hell is burping just, while I'm trying to show over his fucking shit? support line? <laughs> Although he told all those people to slide into his DMs and sound very supportful. So like so, so first of all we have a we have a predatory supporter and a belcher. Uh, this has been the best show ever. Hey man, bro, bro, That's on brand the motherfucker though, if you really think about it. It, it, it is. I'm trying to say some real shit on a, a, a special episode of different strokes type shit, and you just hear Mellon Farmers just belching in the background. Whatever. But before we get about it, man, just real quick, man, uh, you guys can find me on uh, Around the Blocks with Mike Knox uh, every Tuesdays on the Chair Shot. Three men weave, myself, Mr. Tunney, and Ray Cash. We're going to talk about the latest, greatest updates in sports. You can see all of that all on the Chair Shot. But most importantly, make sure you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the Chair Shot. Again, if you appreciate the content we provide day in and day out, 
make sure we can still do it because we do depend on viewers and listeners like you on the PBS side of the game. So hook us up. You shopping online anyway. You might as well slide your, your mouse down to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shop. Pick up an official chair shot t-shirt. Please and thank you. Thank you and please. Tony, before we let Max take us out of here, let us know again when and where we can see the illustrious Mr. Max Holiday make his in-ring return. Uh, that's June 20th at the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin. That's 2301 West Springdale Road. It's right off the freeway. I know it takes less than three minutes to get there. There's plenty of bars to go to afterwards. There's a bar right there to drink with all the superstars afterwards. Come to the show. You know, you got to go online to get your tickets, BrewCityWrestling1.com. It's, 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 it's just worth it. Uh, Max, thank you again. Everybody go to AngryLemonade.net. Chair shot. Save 10%. Max, take us home. Well, guys, uh, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Glad we could spend these uh, almost two hours together uh, discussing the wonderful world of pro wrestling. You may have to edit some stuff out later. Uh, it's totally all right. Don't worry about it. It's not like I have anything else to do. And not like you guys do either. Um, but... Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's fantastic. One last time, make sure you go to MyProWrestlingTees.com slash Max Holiday. And I think I only have one shirt up there because I'm that lazy. But buy it anyways. And till next time, everybody, just remember, don't die to meet me, but live to love me. And we will catch you all on the flip side. We out. Well, my daddy left home when I was three and he didn't leave much to Ma and me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Well, he must have thought that it was quite a joke and it got a lot of laughs from a lots of folks. Seems I had to fight my whole life through. Some gal would giggle and I'd get red And some guy'd laugh and I'd bust his head I'll tell you, life ain't easy for a boy named Sue TheChairShot.com Always use your head USAA Insurance to help you save. 
take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at usaa.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply. Hey, Kev, the client needs that document ASAP. I'm trying, but the internet is so slow. And now it isn't working at all. Is your internet provider holding business back? Switch to one who keeps you moving forward. At Cox Business, we know how crucial connectivity is to your success. That's why we give you peace of mind with 99.9% network reliability and 24-7 support. Get 50 megs of internet for only $79 per month with a one-year term agreement. Ends 9-30-22. Visit coxbusiness.com for details. All services subject to Cox Business General Terms.